Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have on Chris Hughes. He is the founder of the LeapFrog Collective Community, and he's helping professionals build their personal brands, show who they are to help them build up their careers. And a lot of people are talking about building community, and Chris is actually doing it. So I wanted to sit down with him and talk about how he's going about it, what software is he using, how is he actually thinking through this whole thing, how is he developing the pricing, all the things that we think about, worry about, Chris is going to show us how to do it, and I look forward to it. So let's get into it. What is going on, Chris? Hey, thanks for being on the show today, man. Yeah, exciting. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, of course, man. I've been seeing your content for a while. I've been following you for a while. I actually, I had um, this guy, uh, Daryl, you know Daryl. I had him on my podcast, and I know you guys have worked together uh, in the past, and then... Um, so I've been following you for a while, but then I, then you started getting on on video, and that's where I really started to learn more about you and kind of like your personality. That's what I think is cool about video. So um, I appreciate you spending a little bit of time here and uh, chatting with me. Yeah, no doubt, man. So before we get into uh, talking about community building, I did want to ask you about your journey getting on video because I think this is a pretty um, important thing for people in general. So. I'm curious, like, what was your journey like for getting on video? Was it hard for you? Was it like, what did you have to overcome if it was hard? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, for a long time, I feel like I hid behind my written content on LinkedIn. I was really focused on that and was creating a lot there. Written wise, you know, post format and doing a lot of carousel posts and things of that nature, but hadn't really dived into video. And I had a little bit of a background in the early days of my career. I worked in the in the sports industry and in sports media. So I had done some podcasting in the past and had done a little bit of video back then and thought, you know, I want to dive back into this. I want to try it again and get my face back out in, in front of myself and as part of, of what I'm doing to build my brand. And really what, what kicked it off and moved it forward is I took a video intensive uh, here in Austin uh, with a group called Fire Show oh, cool. Media, uh, some local guys, Moby Hyatt and Austin Larson. Uh, it was like a six-week video intensive and just dove into it head first and learned their process and went from there and really took it forward and shot those first few videos that were really bad, <laughs> you know, just kind of self-shot iPhone style and uh went from there and feel like, you know, just improved by doing. And that's really ultimately what it's about. You just have to make the decision to rip the bandaid off and get out there and do it. Uh, Cause otherwise it's, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. I took a video course as well. Um, and that helped me a lot. I think there are ways of accelerating the process, but I think you're right. Like in the end, like you have to get out there and just do it. Like I make, I made a couple of posts about this, but like my first couple of LinkedIn videos, I was like super stressed and, uh, <laughs> And people are always asking me, probably you too, like, what's the ROI of content marketing? Yeah. I always tell them, yeah, like clients, yeah, get business, all that kind of stuff. That is obviously why most of us do it to begin with. But don't forget about like the feeling that you conquer some of these like fears that you've had about video, articulating your value, showing people who you are, getting out there. Don't underestimate those things because I think those things are like priceless, essentially. There's a lot of growth that comes from it. Uh, when you get out there, especially with video and you're saying things and you're repeating those, you know, I learned through that repetition. So kind of ironically, almost feel like I'm teaching myself some of the nuances that I might not have really thought about if I was writing about it or if I'm reading somebody else's content or I'm listening to a podcast, I'm watching someone else on video. When I'm talking about it myself, I start to pick up on things I'm saying 
and think, okay, I hadn't thought about it that way before. And maybe I need to think about that approach that I'm talking about and actually apply that. So I feel like a lot of that repetition that comes through video, um, almost is a self teaching moment. And that's part right. of part of what I like about it. And it's really interesting. And it's just a connection point. You know, I feel like I've, I've made a lot deeper connections. My engagement on my content has gone way up since doing video and I've, I've built more authentic and, you know, close connections with people once I started doing it, because there's not that barrier there where people can't see my face and I hear my voice, I hear in the all yeah, for sure. <laughs> the accent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. When I first saw your first video, I was like, yeah, all right, here we go. This is like, this is, <laughs> and you mentioned one other thing that I thought was like really interesting. Cause I've heard a lot of people say this, but it's like, you said hiding behind my written content. Uh, and that was an interesting way you said that because I have run across quite a few people, you know, every, it's, 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 there's no judgment, but they, they say, you know, it's like, this is my thing. Um, and you know, t to a certain degree, not everybody has to get on video. It's not like a requirement. No, no. But I do think like you hit on something there is like people do sometimes hide behind uh, like things that they're good at and they come up with justifications to continue that. And so I think it's it's interesting that you hit on that because I like to encourage people to kind of break out of those boxes. Um, there's been, yeah, I mean, it, it's just an interesting point. You know, the comfort zone, comfort zone thing is really cliche and you hear that all the time. You know, when you, know, you want to do what you're least comfortable doing, but it wouldn't be a cliche if it didn't have some elements of truth to it. And I think that that's where that comes from is as soon as you kind of get out of your comfort zone and, and get over that fear of putting your voice and your face out there, it just takes things to the next level. Yeah. I think it's just, it's like a, a level up almost in my mind where you're doing, you know, written content's one thing, but then you're leveling up when you're, when you're doing video. Yeah. And I feel like the, the faster you make yourself uncomfortable and get over it, the faster <laughs> you grow. And, Absolutely. and it's like, like I'm always trying to remind myself that every time I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, I'm like, I have to remind myself it's a process and then remind myself that, hey, this is like, whenever I've seen my fastest growth, it's like I was the most uncomfortable and yeah. get good at feeling uncomfortable, I guess. No doubt, um, no doubt. So you're building the Leapfrog uh, Collective, the community. I, I've yeah. been following that, I've been really interested. Maybe first, just tell us real quick, I'm gonna give you 60 seconds <laughs> so we can so we can dig into this like like how you're going about building this but just for some context like what is it who's it for and uh why'd you start it sure something i continue to see over and over again on linkedin especially with college students and young professionals and people in transition who are obviously looking for a way to get a foothold in the internship search the job search is putting content out there basically oh, i'm looking for an internship or i'm looking for a job i'm getting tired of what i'm doing i want to move on but they weren't creating content uh, that would help them you know, flip that narrative. And really that's what it's about to me is helping people find their voice so they can really show the world who they are and flip the narrative of the job and internship search in the same way that what you and I do through content marketing, they have people coming to them you know, to, for internship opportunities or for job opportunities because they keep showing who they are through thought leadership. So yeah, it's a lot of what we're working on on the platform uh, really digging into some challenges, copywriting challenges and LinkedIn growth challenges to get people interacting and engaged. Uh, but it's all centered around, um, yeah, free, most everybody is free members. Everybody can come on as a free member. And then I have a couple of tiers of, of paid opportunities as well for people that really want to take it to the next level and you know get access to some exclusive content along the way. Yeah, that's cool. And what I like about your community too is like, like a lot of times people are like talking about revenue. Like let's let's build the business, but it seems like you're kind of focused on helping people 
I mean, maybe that that maybe there are people in your group that are are trying to do that as well, but really trying to help them really kind of show who they are, uh, as opposed to like having uh, like a like a tangible money kind of opportunity. Yeah, it's it's compounding returns in my mind, and that's like the core of what drives everything that I do. Is you know, as I'm growing that community and developing the relationships there within the community and getting people more interactive and engaged within the community. I feel like the monetary aspect will come in time and there'll be things that can leverage off that, off that interactivity and the engagement. But I didn't want to dive in and be like money first. Like you got to pay to have access up front because no one's going to do that. Let's be honest. Like they want to come in and test drive first and feel right. things out and see what it's all about before they, they commit to spend much, even if it's not all, you know, not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, I didn't want to, almost put a gate up in front of the community for the free content or for the initial interactions, because I felt like I could kill it before it even started. And that was my mindset on it. Oh yeah, no, that's admirable too. But I just mean like in, in terms of like a lot of times when people are selling content marketing to people, it's always revenue driven, like oh, get, yeah. get clients and get customers, right. but you're really trying to like help people show who they are to the world. And, uh, you know, I, I think in the end, like even people that are trying to help people generate revenue, that's at the core of it. So people yeah. put people put a shell around it like, hey, I'm going to help you get clients or get revenue. But in the end, like content is showing people who you are and like getting your voice out there, demonstrating really like your expertise and that thought leadership piece. And if you're doing that, the organic interest comes right like in time, if you're if you're building it up correctly, if you've got a through line in your messaging, if you're solving the pain points of the customers that you want, they're going to come to you. Uh, right. You know, you don't know when that tipping point is going to be. Uh, you know what they always say in my LinkedIn content is you never know who's watching. Um, you might not get a lot of interaction or much engagement on a post, but it might be your best post because a lot of people that you don't even know were paying attention are paying attention. And, you know, yeah, for sure. That's... people come out of the woodwork and things change. So, yeah, that's that's I mean, I, I hear a lot of people say that, but I can just like uh, confirm that like a lot of the times the people that reach out to me have ne have never ever interacted with one of my mm -hmm. posts um, at all um, so when uh, when you were thinking about building this um, how did you, what were kind of some of the first steps that you took like if like I'm thinking about building a community I kind of have a vision of what it, it's going to be it's like what were some of those first steps that you went through to just get the ball rolling a little bit of idea validation of I'm going to reach out to three, four or five people that I already connect with pretty closely and then engage with my content or I've had conversations with on LinkedIn or otherwise and just ask them, you know, what do you think about this? Is it something that you think you could value, you know, get value from and would be valuable to you? And what would you like to see from it? Just pick their brains a little bit. And, you know, I didn't go the whole route of like starting a Facebook group or something like that to validate the actual delivery of the content and then the mechanisms, it was more so just feeling it out and seeing what people thought about it. Right. And then, you know, my notion was to get the name, get the branding, get the website up, you know, be a one pager that just tells a story, but then start to, you know, really drive people to a LinkedIn page, like a community page for the community and keep yeah, pointing people like you, back you... in that direction and tagging it. It seems and like you've got quite a few followers on that that page already. Yeah, there's 120, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, that's cool. So it's grown, you know, organically over the past few months, and then a good number of those people signed up when I when I launched. So, yeah, that was my notion: is drive everybody into this community and and just keep feeding and dripping content there, and then and then you know 
work to pull those people on onto the platform from the community. Yeah, that's cool. And I remember like last year, you you reached out to me, and I think you you started a different community, um, or maybe you had just started. It was a Slack community for content creators, mm -hmm. and I was going to join. It, the reason why I didn't <laughs> it was like just only because I was busy, because I, I I thought it would have been interesting. But like, walk me through the thought process of of there, there was obviously an iteration you were going through. Like what? Because I think that would be helpful for people to understand. It's like you started someplace and then you stopped and then you kind of found your footing. Yeah, with that, I really had the notion of pulling. I, the idea was Collab Lab and it was going to pull everybody together. There were content creators who really collaborate on projects in terms of link building and you know pointing each other in the direction of opportunities. I've done a lot of that type of work in the past, so it seemed like a pretty natural extension of my skill set and what I've done before in like a recruiting capacity and, and building writing teams and in previous roles and got into it and thought, you know, yeah, this, I mean, this makes sense, but I had to be honest with myself, you know, I, I felt like it was going to be a really heavy lift and not enough uh, return, <laughs> you know, down yeah. the road. I, none of us are a charity. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. so I had to back off of that and rethink, you know, what can I do to still provide value and ultimately help people uh, really get their footing and, and get established, but also have the ability to monetize it on the back end. I just didn't see that um, through the community that I started with. Man, but it was a great iteration because it, it got me in the mindset and got me thinking right. about it and then, uh, right, right. you know, to move from there. So Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the message I was thinking about is just like with these things, like whether it's like creating a product or a community even getting on video, it's like, you have to just start to actually try and do things before, um, like I like the community I'm talking about, I could have probably already had it up and running if I, <laughs> I mean, I, I am doing a bunch of different things, so it's, it's, it's hard just to fit it all in your head. But it's like, the faster you do these things and try them out, the faster you, you find out, you know, this wasn't the idea for me, for whatever reason. Um, whereas I, I run across a lot of people that are always like, they want me to explain all of the things that could possibly go wrong or how do I prove it before I ever do it? And I'm just like, it's not going to, it's not going to pan out that way. <laughs> because we all learn trial by fire. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. If you're not, you're not trying very hard. You know, you're not extending yourself really. If you're not learning those lessons the hard way to some extent, I mean, it's not going to you know derail your career, derail the business that you're building, but certainly are, are teaching moments and learning moments. You just apply to what you do next. Yeah. But like, did you learn in the second round, to do a little bit more market research the second time. Uh, did you learn to do that from the experience of the first one? I don't know that they were directly related. It was more so just seeing the obvious niche and obvious gap opportunity with what I'm doing with LeapFrog versus really what was there with, with my original idea. You know, I think I could have built it as well because there was definitely an interest in it and it was growing quickly. Um, but I just think it was different and, you know, there were just different types of opportunities and different types of communities. But I do think that that market research component is important, but then you don't want to get into analysis paralysis, right? Where you're beating it to death and saying, ah, well, I don't know. I mean, looking at all these numbers, I'm not getting what I want to get out of an MVP or I've built this little small cohort to test it out and they're not interacting with me. It must be a terrible idea. Well, that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> like you just have to, to go, you know? Yeah. I remember when, when, uh, when COVID hit and I kind of not, not building a community, but when I kind of built the first product I had, like I just had to kind of just do it. I kind of got, got a few <laughs> people into it and, uh, and even found a lot of problems with it, you know, 
like a couple people weren't interested. Um, but th it was those experiences that kind of led me to where I'm at now. And uh, I don't know, it's just, I think it's actually kind of a fun and uh, interesting process to go through. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where yours goes. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm kind of, I've been kind of watching you and getting <laughs> some ideas and uh, so. Um, so I, this this might seem like a mundane question, but like, what kind of software are you using to to put all this together? Like, I know I know you got your website. That's people could use a million different things for that. But like, how are you running the actual community software? The the website's WordPress, just you know, regular old WordPress website. I'm using the Circle uh, Circle platform, the Circle community platform, is Circle.so. So had seen a lot of pretty heavy hitters using it. Pat Flynn uses it for his smart passive income community. Um, I figured if he's using it, it must be pretty solid because that's a substantially uh, large community there. And I tested out a lot. You know, I tested out four or five platforms, did uh, test drives, you know, did some demos, some free trials, and, and it was really the simplest. And what I liked most about it is it has this feel almost of like a combination of what would look like a Facebook feed in terms of like the feeding of the content and the comment threads. And then you've got a sidebar with uh, where you can set aside categories uh, driven around hashtags. And it really looks like a nice mixture of, of Slack and, and Facebook. And it has like a Giphy integration, which is awesome. So you can just pull up GIFs anytime and throw those in. And, uh, it doesn't have like native streaming yet, which I'm hoping that they'll add. Um, but, you know, you can do a lot of video. Like, a lot like of video to do live weapons. streaming or something? Yeah, you can't do it natively within the platform yet, but they're, they're evidently working on it. And, you know, I think that'll be a big, big upgrade and a big addition for them when they get there. And but, can you, but yeah, can I liked you it the best of the ones I tried out. Can you post video to it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I have, I do my podcast every week and I do promotional snippets for those. Uh, Stephen was on my podcast previously and I have all those hosted there on the, on the site. So. Cool. And does it like integrate payments and stuff like that as well? Like yeah, I'm using a Stripe using a Stripe integration, which is really pretty seamless. Um, I actually have have it built in as an option um, using WP Forms for forms, and then oh, yeah, just tying the, the Stripe integration into WP Forms, which you know is pretty seamless into WordPress. So, kind of had to well, patch so, it together a little, but it, it it feels pretty good. Well, that's what I'm wondering is like, is the payment going through your website, or is it it does the platform to Circle.so do it? Uh, people pay on the site using the Stripe integration through w, WP Forms. I see. I gotcha. So not the community itself, like doesn't the platform? No, they don't offer it. That was one one downside, but the other upsides were were substantial enough that you know I was I was happy with with where it was going. And then in, in the platform itself, can you? It sounds like you have a like a different structure of of, of plans. Like so, it sounds like you have a free plan. Mm -hmm. And then what, how does the software kind of manage different plans and like give access to different things? Yeah, it's limited by spaces. So you have spaces that you can create like space groups, which are like headings essentially. And then you have spaces within those space groups. So like I have community and everything that's for the free community. And then I have a members only section, which is everything that's available to paid members. And I can gate that and just invite people to that content. So that keeps it separated from the community section. Got but it. the plans are based on the number of spaces that you want to use. Uh, so I think the free plan caps out at like 10 total. And um, if you want to use more than 10, which you'll need to, <laughs> uh, to, to set up the community, you go to uh, like the next level plans, like their mid-level plans, like 80 bucks a month. Got it. And then 
I think this is actually a pretty, like, I get a lot of questions about this, um, but like, how did you kind of, like, what, like it, a lot of people are just going with Slack. A lot of people, I hear a lot of people say, don't use Slack because it's kind of hard to use sometimes for people. A lot of people don't, aren't familiar with Slack and a lot of people are already on Facebook. Yeah. And so it's with Facebook, it's like, it's nice because you're not asking people to log into yet another place. Right. So what was your thought process and just picking something and going, going for it and not, and just doing something different? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think Facebook has its place for sure, but I didn't want to get to the point where I'm building like a large Facebook group. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, Hey everybody, guess what? We're going to move to, to this other platform now because I actually want to make a little money from it. Uh, so, you know, I just saw that as a, as a barrier, uh, to entry and, something ultimately that would be painful for everybody down the road if they got to used to and addicted to using the, the Facebook group platform. I think Slack can get overwhelming for people, especially if they're using it for work and they've got three, four or five different accounts. They've got all these different feeds and notifications are paying going off all the time. So my thought was just really to isolate it and you know make it separate, make it deliberate and intentional. If somebody's coming to the community, they're coming there for that purpose, and you know, hopefully, the distraction will be a little bit, a little bit less, and then that you know will increase engagement. Yeah, you know, I one thing I think is like with Slack. I think that there sometimes it's a disadvantage because there's all, it's like you there's an app you can download, and the way they make you log into all the different uh, sites, I think is actually kind of clunky, um, and so uh, and then Facebook has its disadvantages as well, so. And yours is just a web, it's just a web app, right? It's just in the browser. It's not like it's something that they have to install or anything like that. It's just redirected. So like if you click on my community page, it just automatically redirects to the platform on Circle. And there's a couple That's ways cool. you can go about it. They have, they have a widget integration where if you didn't want to do that route, you can click on like a widget integration. It's like a bubble. It's in the bottom corner and that just pops it up like in a light box style, like overlays your website. So that's another, another option, but. Um, I just thought the redirection would be the easiest yeah, that's and people cool. have seemed to be cool with it so far. Yeah. Cool. Um, in terms of like promotion, one of the things I saw you do that I thought was pretty cool is you made a couple of posts where you, I think I'm assuming there are people that are in your computer, in your community. And you said, does this person look like you or does this person feel mm -hmm. like you? Um, how have you thought about doing the promotion? Like what's been the process that you've, you've gone through to kind of like promote this in a, in a constructive way? Yeah, those were really just thinking through personas. So, you know, and the more I watched and the more I talked to people, those were really my three primary personas. So I just wanted to put those out there and, you know, tell a story around those three. I thought that was, yeah. you know, a good way to approach that. I've seen people do similar things in the past. Um, I did a few kind of click through type walkthroughs early on before launch too, where I'm basically live streamed and walked people directly through the platform to show them a sneak peek of what it would look like because, you know, I'm sitting here talking about it. I'm telling you how great it is, but I want you to see physically like what it actually is so you can have a visual. Uh, so did that and then really started to brand the podcast um, weekly around it as well, just to, you know, keep driving that home. Um, That's, and I think you're using those, uh, those live streams as like, the content to help people go through the, the, um, I, I could be wrong, but it, yeah. just hearing you say that it, it became like your, your training manual too. 
Yeah, it was, I did them every Friday for four weeks, um, walking people through the platform and, you know, people joined them live. And then if they weren't able to join live, would hold them and put them on like an unlisted YouTube link and offer that link for a limited time because I didn't want to leave uh, oh, right. the stream up on LinkedIn for too long. People cherry pick it. So I leave it up for two or three hours and give people the unlisted link and uh, do it again. Cool. Um, so then walk us through, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about it before, but uh, you have like a free plan and a paid plan. Yes, on the free, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, t tell us a little bit of how you kind of developed the pricing model. And um, and then like, what what is the difference that, that people will experience as they, because mm. uh, I'm sure this was like a, a difficult thing you went through when you were thinking about it. It was just like, it's, it's like the, it's that real sensitive area, right? So like, mm -hmm. tell us what you were thinking. Had a lot of iterations there, playing with price point, playing with features, pulling some off uh, onto the paid uh, plan and off of the paid plan. But really thinking, okay, in the free plan, I want to offer some basic content that shows people, okay, here's what you expect to see. I'm going to pull up new pieces of content every two days. Wanted to give them the opportunities to interact and chat. I gave a, like a resources section, which is literally all the resources that I use in my daily work as a, as a content strategist and what I do with my clients, just so That's they can have an easy way to build their tool stack for free, just by clicking right. around. And, you know, those people are always asking me, what, what was that tool? What'd you use there? What'd you do there? So like, I just, I'm giving that away essentially have like an announcement section, gave a couple of sample pieces of content. Um, so people could see like what the members only content will look like just as a teaser, I guess. And then the separation point with the first tier of paid plans is the more premium content that's more tactical, more actionable, I think kind of more granular where it gets into more detail of like the high level concepts and the free content. I'm going to offer town halls uh, once a month where I'm going to have a speaker come in and do a talk on a subject and open up a live Q&A. Going to do office hours twice a month that are you know basically a two-hour block on Zoom where people can come to talk to me and ask questions. Going to have a job and internship board where I'm going out and just curating job and internship opportunities and putting those up there so people can go there to look at those rather than bouncing around all the different social mediums. So that's, that's the cool. that's the paid plan, and then I'm doing a premium plan that's kind of the, the high-end offering with, which includes one one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching session a month. And also brand audits six times a year where I actually dig into people's content and tell them, you know, this is good. Here's an opportunity for improvement. Here's how we can improve your mix. Um, That's cool. Things like that. So, And then how did you how did you develop those products, essentially? Like, was it through feedback or was it through just like a lot of you, observation like, of people doing similar things? I feel like I see. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Know, yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. It's just um, like I'm going through that that phase right now and then. So you, you felt like you had to have that free level to, to kind of get the momentum going. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you can go either way. Um, the other route to go, which I considered is really waitlisting people for a long time. So you just build the waitlist, build that mm -hmm. email community, you know, drip content, um, build value through that email cadence and then you know, kind of pull up to launch, <laughs> open the doors and see what happens. I think, you know, a lot of people do that and it works, uh, but longer runway, I feel like to go that route. And I just really wanted to get it done um, yeah. and get it out there. So that's, that was my reason behind going the free route rather than 
trying to do it through email marketing and in dripping content and trying to pull people on uh, all as paid members up front. Yeah. Yeah. I've just heard of like a lot of um, the main argument I've heard for like having a paid model up front is just like, like having essentially trying to make sure that people want to be there. And like, yeah. and like one of the things that I've heard is like really important. It's just like having engagement in the platform. Yeah. And that when people are paying, that is something that, uh, you know, they, when people are willing to pay, it's obviously, um, but yeah, you know, I, I know that there's no like right or wrong answer. Obviously most of the Facebook groups are free. Um, yeah. I just, I just curious for my own thing, like how you kind of thought about that and your thought process behind it. Yeah, so. it's interesting. It was a hard decision. Um, now the engagement piece is, is the challenge now that the doors are open, right? Like I've got the people in, how now do I keep, keep them engaged? People... How do I get them engaged? Um, that's yeah. part of what's really cool about the analytics within Circle is you can see, I see activity every day and see what people are doing, how many active members you have, what they're doing as they click around. So oh, cool. trying to use some of that to inform what I do to keep people engaged and, and yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably one of the stressful parts of of putting that out there, right? Yeah. Like, it's like you get yep. people in and out. Because I remember when I when I got my mastermind going, and I saw people some of the people consuming the content, some of the people not consuming the content, some of the people showing up every week and then some of the people not showing up. And I'm just like, it's just like stressful to like, and you, and you want, you want to please everybody, but you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hard to negotiate that because there's probably something that you could be doing to drive more engagement, but there's probably some people that you just can't, um, you won't ever reach. And so like mentally figuring out where that line is, yeah, is, is probably something that you're like right in the middle of. Yeah, absolutely. Reading a lot and hearing a lot about kind of the rule of thirds of you, you're going to have that, you know, one third that's going to be highly engaged and will probably turn into your moderators or like the people that help okay. you when you get right. to a growth point. Then you've got the middle third that'll dip in every now and then if something really catches their attention. And like LinkedIn, you probably have some lurkers in the background who may be getting right. value out of what you provided and they may love the community, but they're just not the type to step up and, and, and engage or interact, but that doesn't mean they're not valuable and doesn't mean that they're not important for the community structure as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what you're doing is going to be valuable because it was funny. I was talking to somebody just the other day, he was hiring somebody and uh, there was all these people that applied, but he ended up finding somebody that was on YouTube and just liked their energy. And they weren't even doing the same thing that his job was, uh, <laughs> wasn't even the same thing, but he's like, this person gets it. I want to work with this person. He reached out and he hired that person. I thought that was a pretty, a pretty like convincing story about how this stuff actually plays out. Yeah, it's crazy. It can happen. <laughs> yeah, just have to, have to get out there. It's going to happen more and more too. And like mm -hmm. the, the thing I'd encourage people to do as well is like do it before you need it. Yeah. Like don't wait until it's like, uh, you know, kind of too late. So well, um, there's an there's an assumption you've got that comfort level. Like you kind of get caught caught up in your day to day and then. One of those life happens, moments happens. <laughs> and if yeah. you have that, uh, if you have that background, uh, if you have that foundation to fall back on, it's a lot easier to make that next step and, you know, pick up some momentum than it is if it's just not there to begin with. So I think that that is the case for doing it. Yeah. And, and I, like I've, I started my podcast not, not really that long ago. And I, it's amazing like how week after week I, I look back and now it's like, man, I have a ton of stuff on there, <laughs> like covering all these different topics. <laughs> And people can just like run into that and it's like, uh, it, it just builds up over time. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty uh, amazing thing. Well, sure. um, we talked about it. Um, 
but like tell everybody like what like what else you might want to tell them about the the community that you're building and uh, specifically where they can get a hold of it. Sure. So the website is leapfrogcollective.com and we've got the big community on LinkedIn and you can check us out there if you kind of want to get a feel for what's going on. You'll see me tag it all the time in my LinkedIn content. And uh, yeah, it's it's just, you know, a, com a community for emerging professionals and ambitious people who want to show the world who they are through content creation and building their brands and we're going to be working a lot on, you know, finding your cause, uh, what I call frames and buckets basically is where you have your buckets of content, uh, your different types of, or, you know, kind of categories of content that you're going to work on then your frames and how you frame that content. So that's a lot of what we're going to dig into kicking off the membership side of the community, the paid side on March 1st and also kicking off a LinkedIn growth challenge on March 1st, where we're going to do like a, that, yeah. a LinkedIn activity every day for 30 days has to do with, you know, strength or profile, outreach, um, commenting. Uh, yeah, just everything that, that I do and everything that I've seen people succeed do uh, to build their communities and their following and, and get good opportunities from the platform. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I look forward to it personally to see like where you grow. I, I know that what you're doing is not easy. And so I respect you for doing that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about to follow your footsteps <laughs> on that. So, uh, uh, maybe you can help me out here and there and uh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and sharing this knowledge because I, a lot of people are talking about community. Um, not too many people are like building a real dedicated community. So much respect to you. And I appreciate you being on the show and uh, having me on your podcast as well. So yeah, looking forward, looking forward to, uh, continuing the the back and forth and thanks a lot man yeah thanks Stephen. enjoyed it